This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Hey everybody, it's Matt here with a very special bonus episode of So Horrified this week. Sadie and I were lucky enough to sit down with the producer and one of the stars of the new film 1BR, which you can see right now on Netflix. And if you have not seen it already, go ahead and stop this and go watch it because we definitely spoil the hell out of it and it is a very good movie that I don't want to say too much about before we get into it. Uh, It's about a young woman that moves to LA, gets herself an apartment, and things go bad (laughs) so yeah go check out 1br if you haven't already if you have uh enjoy this interview with alok mishra one of the producers of the movie and naomi grossman who plays janice in 1br uh you may also know her as pepper from american horror story we talked a lot about the production of the movie some of the audio from the call dropped out during one of his stories about an actress that required a certain feminine energy drink but i think you'll get the gist of the story regardless if you're an american horror story fan uh, naomi tells in great detail the process that it takes to become pepper uh both in the makeup chair and as an actor it's very interesting and uh, i don't want to take up too much more time let's just get into it Welcome to So Horrified, the show where we talk about scary movies that are horrifying for all the wrong reasons. We're your hosts, Sadie and Matt. And today we actually have some very special guests with us. We have Alok Mishra and Naomi Grossman. Alok is the producer for a film um, that is just like I see people talking about it all the time right now, 1BR on uh, or One Bedroom on Netflix. And Naomi is one of the stars of that film. Uh, and so we're really excited to have you guys here today. Yay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's actually called Apartment 1PR in the UK. Oh, and okay. And it's called Mother House. Oh, <laughs> nice. And it's Madhouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was telling... Uh, I was telling someone how to, my dad actually, <laughs> I was telling him how to go find your movie today. And I was like, it's like one BR, like you would see in a newspaper clipping that's like apartment available, one BR. <laughs> I was like, so you have to think about it like that. <laughs> well, it's, it's a real estate abbreviation, as you say, but you know, right. the funny thing is what we were, we thought like everyone in the English speaking world knew what that meant. Right. And we went on the festival run and we learned that like nobody, even <laughs> the Canadians, they kind of know it, but right. like nobody knew. You know, it was such an argument internally to call it like, you know, one bedroom or like, you know, like uh, what's that movie? Facebook when the, the douchebag guy comes, when Justin, uh, what's his face, comes in and it's like, make it Facebook. It's just right. cleaner. And it was yeah. like, one beyond. It's just cleaner. Like, <laughs> and no one knew what it meant. So we had to like change the title, you know? So, you know, what do, you, what, uh, what do we know? <laughs> well, it's you know. funny because there's so many people who have interpretations about it. Like, uh, you know, Alok has sent me clips, um, specifically one uh, from Spain. Uh, it, I speak Spanish and he's like, what are they saying? Like, I can't tell if this is a good review or not. And I'm like, they spend the whole time talking about like how to say the movie they don't know how to say it they're like um, brr, um, brr. you know i'm like don't worry it's not a bad review they just literally don't know how to say it that which is kind of a problem 
You should encourage people to roll the R whenever they pronounce the no, title. No, I of really the movie. like that interpretation of the title, though. To be fair, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna, be, mean, it's gonna be a Cardi B song next. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. It'll be in the sequel. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. <sighs> well, and y'all, it's um, won some awards uh, at some festivals, right? I saw. Yeah. Um, we won, um, we won Best Picture and Best Director at um, Fractured Visions in Cardiff. They're a great festival. And then um, uh, even the sort of bigger festival, it's, it's pronounced Gerarme. Uh, it's in the French Alps. And, in, and, and Americans would be like, Gerard or Gerardemer? <laughs> but um, we actually won the Audience Award there, which was actually really uh, fulfilling because uh, another movie, St. Maud, which you guys are going to lose your shit over, by the way. Let me just put it out to you that way. Yeah. There was like six <laughs> awards, and it won like five out of the six awards. And we, and we won the last one, which was the Audience Award. Like mm-hmm. 2,200 people had seen the movie in like four days because they just, they just pump them in there. And they have these right. huge theaters. And people would show up at like nine o'clock in the morning, and you'd walk in and be like, two empty seats and you're like, I can't even get a seat from myself. You know, it's like, oh, oh, wow. I give up my seats anyway, but I didn't think people were going to come that early in the morning. And like they right. did. And, and anyways, we won, we won the audience, but it was very like, you know, nice to have and actually got us our French distribution. Actually, uh, we're with a nice. picture store. I want to say. How do you say one BR in French? That sounds about right. Right. <laughs> Um, I was going to tell you this Gerard May festival is just nuts. Like yeah. these people, they like talk to the screen and like, and it's such a, it's such a nice festival in so much as they like, they wine and dine you like crazy, like, you know, tasting course, you know, eight course menus and like, and they bring everyone in and it's just like, and we got to meet so many cool people there. So many cool filmmakers, the guys that did a vivarium and like, Oh um, wow. St. Maud, which I think I mentioned. St. Maud Rose Glass is the director. She's like this young thing, and she is just already so brilliant and having success. Her film's with A24, and I think they're going to release it um, October 9th in the UK. So if you oh, have any people okay. in the UK listening, you got to fucking see that movie. It's yeah. good. Like, legit. Like, she is like, you know, she is a wonder kind. She's going to be somebody in the future. You're going to be like, holy shit, I knew her back when, like a Robert Eggers who did The Witch or something like yeah. that. And it's very kind of almost similar to The Witch in a certain ways, where you don't know if it's really a horror movie in certain respects, but it will horrify you. I can guarantee you that. Oh wow! Yeah, A twenty four is one of those companies that I just trust kind of implicitly now when they put right. out new stuff because they've done so many good things in such a short time. Right. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so shall we talk about the movie itself? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> so I actually like stumbled upon it. I mean, we watch a lot of Netflix and stuff anyway, and I just, I love watching horror movies, both good and bad. And so if I see something that I've never heard of, I'm always like, I'm going to try it and see, let's see what happens. And I was just like hooked right away. And the thing that I loved most, well, we should put out a spoiler warning that we will spoil (laughs) this. We will be spoiling this movie. Like for our regular listeners, we spoil every movie we talk about. But um, one of the things I love is, not only that there were parts where I didn't figure out, like I didn't know how exactly how it was going to end or like see that ending shot. That was so cool. I didn't see that coming. Um, But there were multiple parts where I felt, I kept thinking I knew where it was going and then it just like flipped and would be completely different than what I thought. And I love that because 
I feel like so many horror movies or just movies in general are very formulaic, you know? And so you're like, I, I mean, like we play a game all the time watching movies of like, oh yeah, that person's going to die first. Um, that person's going to die next. And this is how it's going to end. This is going to be the killer. Yeah. I couldn't figure out most of that stuff. Like it was, it was very, it took me by surprise so many times. And that's what just like had me hooked the whole time. You know, yay! <laughs> I, I would tell you this: like I used to uh, work in market research for film, so I tested movies. Mm. So we worked extremely hard at kind of crafting the trailer because everything is usually given away in the trailer. Right. We knew we had to give some visuals away, and but we made them fast. So and it wasn't necessarily sticky. So you know you saw something, but mm -hmm. you just maybe couldn't remember it so that hopefully when you watch the movie you're like oh okay this feels you know whatever else so it was very purposeful in terms of crafting that but i will tell you this as hard as we worked on that trailer and we went back and forth with poor dark sky who's our amazing distributor sales agent they're very much a boutique agency and have a lot of great films coming out yeah. like um honey the honeymoon phase if you haven't seen that yet you need to watch that no, um they have this movie called hosts the unfortunately named hosts which is so similar to the, the movie host that's on shutter right now Right. Yeah, it's like, ah, I'm confused them or whatever. <laughs> but like, um, the idea was um, to craft this trailer. And what I've discovered is that it's so much better even still if you just don't know anything about it. You just right. go in kind of cold and you're like, what the fuck is happening here? Because everyone keeps <laughs> on saying that on, on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, I'm mean, right. one of the people who can control over Twitter. And I see it like all the time where like, there's like, Oh no, I'm fucked up. Like, <laughs> this movie's crazy as hell, or this yes. movie's crazy AF, or you know what I mean? It's just, like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm so surprised. And, 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 and in that regard, for certain horror movies are what they call discovery movies, where mm -hmm. people who feel like they've discovered something then want to talk about it, which is the right. nice thing, right? So, again, if you don't watch a trailer and you go in kind of cold, you're going to see what's what. Now, I have a question for you. Like, when you saw it on Netflix, did you see it, like, you know, trending in the top ten or something? Or it was trending? Or Where did you see it? Or did you just see it come up on your front screen, let's say, for example? I think it was – I can't remember if it was the trending or under – like scary movies or something New or, or like it was, but it was at the very top. Cause like I had just opened it and um, I had barely started to scroll through and I saw it and I was like, Oh, they got a scary movie. I haven't seen. Cause I've seen so many of theirs um, that are currently on there. And so I was really excited. Yeah. And I like what you're saying with that discovery is um, as soon as I had watched it, I think as soon as you got home, I was telling you about it. Yeah. And then I was, I wanted to talk about it with like all these people, but I was like, Ooh, we've got to figure out a way. We've got to talk about it on the show somehow. Yeah. Got to figure out a way. So I was really excited that this worked out. I was like, yes, <laughs> I wanted to talk about it and share it with people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you said, going into it cold, I feel was a, a definite treat because I didn't know, I had no idea what to expect aside from, you know, the sentence or two that Netflix gives you of the description. And so, yeah, every twist hit, I feel, twice as hard because I had no clue where it was going next. I only told him it was a really good movie and I really liked it. I did not tell him anything about what it, what it was because I wanted him to have that same thing I had of, like, just twist after twist of, like, oh, shit, it's, 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 you know, you know, it's not the other guy. And, like... The truth of the matter is this, like, so, you know, I was saying I tested movies for 18 years. I did yeah. market research for film for all the studios here in town, Los Angeles and everything. And so what we discovered, well, well what I know because I'm doing it for so long on the survey that you'd fill out, right. Um, you know, there's, there's 
what would you rate the movie? Excellent, very good, good, fair, poor. And then would you definitely recommend it to a friend? Now that score is so important because it's kind of, it's, it's a word of mouth. Right. Score, right. So if you tell your friend, your husband, that this mm-hmm. is a you know, great film, da, 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 he's going to listen to you. He's, there's no trailer I can cut that's going to be as effective as you telling your friends to see this movie. Right. You see, like on our social media all the time, we're always like, ah, you tell friend. Put it in a better light than it could ever have been. Yeah. I mean, so, so some of this stuff may really ring true with you because you've seen those like stucco mm-hmm. apartments that we have in one BR and da, da da da. So it really kind of actually probably hits home more for you even than like uh, him. Oh, say. absolutely. Absolutely. I had a lot of memories watching of going um, when I first moved there because uh, my school didn't have dorms. And so we had to go look at apartments with my roommate and going around to lots of buildings like that and looking around at apartments. And so I was like, oh. <laughs> I hope none of them were cults. <laughs> like, you never really know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you hear our cat? Okay, good. All right. If you no. could hear, then it would be fine. We didn't hear anything, Naomi. I know you. That's good because that. some of us are allergic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you selfish bitch. <laughs> say that part shocked me. not just the cat <laughs> lots of things shocked me but like when i saw that note i was like oh shit like right out the gate that is harsh i was like oh my god and then the cat when you know she what? smelled mm-hmm. something i was like oh my god the cat's gonna be in the goddamn oven i know it i know it <laughs> like, and the only reason i thought that is because we have watched too many movies where animals are the first to go and i was just like man is this a new trend that's one way to just make my heart hurt in a movie is for something bad to happen to a dog or a cat or any kind of animal i'm just like no the people it's like "Eh." yeah (laughs) people come and go but yeah no that's yesterday actually i was gonna say um just yesterday when a, a couple of my neighbors actually um I don't know when they watched it but they they mentioned to me that they'd seen the movie they they didn't know i was on it they just happened to, you know, just like you, Netflix right. and chilling and, and caught me in it. And I think it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of alarming. Like they were like, oh, snap. Like <laughs> our next door neighbor is out of her mind. Like, she doesn't seem like a good mo- neighbor at all. <laughs> I don't know that I want to live near her. Right. I mean, they've seen me like on the HOA Zoom calls, like get a little heated. But like, you know, they've never seen me actually like come out in the courtyard with a knife. Right. So, I mean, I think they were like, it could happen, you know? Everybody right. sees this movie is like, is this based on a real story? And it's like, yeah, you know? So, anyway, it's just kind of funny. Like, it, of all movies, you know, for them to just sort of accidentally, like, happen upon while they're, like, Netflix and chilling at home, knowing that right. that lady is, like, literally next door <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's not a movie like, you want your neighbor to be in. No. <laughs> Yeah, like keep your cat inside. Right. Like keep the pussy quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the hot pussy quiet. Right, right, right. right, right. Smoking right. hot, you of would course. say. Right. Some might say. Yeah, that's usually it's Naomi's a- line, by the way. That's, that's typically her line on every podcast. I feel like I've usurped that, usurped that line from her today. It's okay. Somehow, like, taking it. No, it's all... It's- She's very, she's very giving. She's very giving. Like with with the hot push. Like uh, just. <laughs> there's, there's enough to go around. It's. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Well, and like the second, I think where, and now you had it on your phone. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm so, I'm bad with names. I felt it when Sarah was in the, her name. I remember she was in the courtyard and she was like, oh, it's okay. I'm bad with names too. I was like, oh, good. What was the, the character of the guy um, who was like, you think he, is it Leonard? Lester. 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 Leonard. Lester. They're very similar. Okay. <laughs> you know, it kept seeming like it was leaning towards, oh, he was going to be, which by the way, I love the fact that he ended up not being like the super creep character because like, I feel like that's, it's a stereotype we see so much in horror movies that anyone with some kind of disability, it's like, oh, they're going to be the bad guy, you know? And so when it started to, to believe that, I was like, okay, well, he's going to be the bad guy because I've seen horror movies. I know how this goes. And so then when it was like the attractive guy from next door, I was like, oh, snap, that's amazing. And, um, and then when he turned out to be, yeah, really good and you know, trying to help her and all this. Um, I was very excited for that. I just have to say, so kudos for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, the, the funny thing about uh, Clayton Hoff who plays Lester was that like, we were trying to cast this movie and we didn't have a lot of time. We were like, we had to decide by like Monday. Right. And right. David, David Marmer, who's the amazing writer director. I don't know if we have mentioned him yet. He's just a genius. <laughs> He, uh, he, it's one of the only things that producers and him kind of fought over because he wanted this dude that was like much older looking. And I was uh -huh. like, how, how is that poor girl going to be with this guy? First off, who's like, you know, somehow whatever, like menacing in some way. And then all of a sudden, like he's older. Like who would want to do that? You'd want to kill yourself or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, what do I have to do with that too? And so we were fighting about it. It's like in half. He never goes on social media. It's really rare. And I know him from way back when. And like, so he got married. And then he put his marriage picture, one of the few things up on Facebook. And I was like, it was on a Friday. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's, that's the fucking Lester right there. I know he can act. You know, and so it was like, I was like you got to do a self tape like right now. You got to do it. He's like, yeah. well, I got an acting class today. And then I got to, I got to go, you know, you know, every actor is just, from, you know, waiting tables or whatever it is kind of right. job sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're making it. And he's like, well, I can, I can do it to you. I can try to get it to you on Sunday. This poor guy comes home at like, I don't know, 1230 at night, one o'clock at night after like working a whole day and going to classes and everything else. And then his, his nice wife stays up with him and they, they record something till four o'clock in the morning and send it to us. I wake up on Sunday morning. I watch the thing and I, I go, that guy's fucking Lester. And I, and I fucking like, then, then right away, like, you know, got our director on the line. Well, you've got to watch this with me. Come on, let's do this. And da, da, da. and he begrudgingly, his, his other choice he really wanted, he was like friends with that guy too. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the guy. And so we hired him on like the Monday. And he was already, this guy's on his honeymoon, like in New Orleans or something. And I was like, <laughs> hey, it was like a French, you know, there's a band going on in the background or some shit. And I'm like, you got it, what? You got it. You know? <laughs> So it was like a nice wedding present, I suppose. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and he did a great there's job. Something oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say there's something slightly disturbing about the fact that his wedding photo is what you thought looked like, <laughs> oh, he's the perfect <laughs> creepy villain. Like, no, but his he's, wedding he's, photo, it's supposed to be when he's like the most handsome and like sweet looking. Least creepy. Right? Well, it's not, it wasn't because... 
It wasn't because the actual photo. It was because I know he could be that way. If because he's played okay. other roles that were sort of like where he's like, ah, I'm a drug dealer. I'm like, whatever. And so he has a sort of you know. You jogged his memory. Like, it, drug dealer, yeah. <laughs> right? Whatever. Right. Well, and right. He right, did right. well of like walking that line of the seeming very withdrawn and frightened and skittish. Or is he up to something and up to no good? And then once you find out that he's really a sweet guy, you're like, okay, that's totally believable with what I've seen. So like, it was really fun. I watched part of it with him um, when he was watching it um, the other day. It was really fun going back for a second time and like looking for these things and being like, oh, this is what I see. Like, oh, I can totally see this now. Like, yeah. like um, that was really cool getting to like when, um, Naomi, when you're scolding your daughter at the, um, at the table and you're like, what's rule number one? And, you know, when you're first watching it, it's totally, it's just like, well, I don't know, what is rule number one? Like, okay. <laughs> but then, you know, you, after having seen the whole thing and seeing about the, the rules and all that stuff, it's like, oh, okay, this makes so much sense. And it was just little stuff like that, that to me is so cool and um i love when movies have that and y'all did that really really well thank you you know thank you it's, da it's um, david marmer david marmer and our and our editor uh rick fox he did, he did an amazing job too um they they they, they brought back a completely different story we took it this one took a long time to make uh if i can talk on that for a second it just yeah. it, we shot it in uh, end of 2017 over christmas oh wow like, we knew we, people would do it for cheaper you know right. I'm a money money grubbing producer and, and uh, <laughs> you know we um then realized for sure we, we realized when we were shooting we had 15 days to shoot it and we realized like the ending that we had gotten saddled with that i didn't even know that we were shooting because i got that one email they didn't put the script changes in the body of the email like they oh. usually do let's say and like it was just a disaster i, I got to set and i'm like this is the ending? You know? like, <laughs> what are we doing here? We're going to have to re can we, can we stop everything and just reset? We got to reshoot this. We got, we got to, we got to, we got to do something else right now. And they're like, like train's already down the track, man. Like we can't <laughs> stop. I'm much, I was like, oh, we're going to have to do reshoots for sure. For sure. And so right. Naomi and Taylor Nichols and all our great actors are just, you know, busy people. So getting the band back together, so to speak, was a lot tougher because we could only get them like in August and mm. uh, end of August, you know, beginning of September. And it just so happened, and this is how great a person Amy Grossman is. Amy Grossman's nominated for an Emmy, right? How often does this happen in life, right? Right. But it just so happens. The Emmys are on the week that we're shooting the reshoots. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So this poor woman, like, has to come back and do our little no-budget film. And, like, she's missing gifting sweets with trip to Barbados and stuff like this. And so she had to, like, you know, she, and but she did it. To her credit, she was really, like, noble, noble, good old friend i mean i i i wanted to cast her in the movie i've known her for 20 years i was like oh wow. Will you do my first film my little <laughs> shitty film you know and she, she she did it like a trooper and i was gonna um, ask if so you anyways guys long story short other. like you know we had to come back yeah you know, we've known each other yeah. for a long time you just, you seem to have well, a good rapport so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh for sure um alok's uh, from los angeles and uh, his, uh, one of his childhood besties um, was one of my uh, college besties. And so uh, when I moved to Los Angeles um, after uh, graduation, uh, she, I pretty much, I was like Sarah. I moved into a, you know, one bedroom and didn't have any friends. And so basically her friends became my friends. So, and that was a loke. Uh, well, so uh, that's, 
that's how we became friends. And, uh, you know, little did I know I, I'd been like networking this whole time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I always believed in this project, obviously. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I want to say it was my agents that were like, really? You'll do this <laughs> for that? You know, <laughs> re- re- a Christmas? You really want to spend your holiday, like, <laughs> basically, you know, making no money. Like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're staying home. And, you know. But I was, you know, I, I, I'd always wanted to work with Alok. And, you know, the, the fact is the, the, the script was really great. And, that, and, 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 yeah, again, to David Marmer's credit, like, if the blueprints hold up, then you're going to have a house. Right. And, and I could tell from early on that the foundation was there for something really great. And so, yeah, like far be it for me when they say we need to do reshoots, like, yeah, then you need to do reshoots. It's right. just like when the architect says, Hey, you know, uh, the house is going to require a little bit of a, re- a, a, a right. renovation. Like, okay, like whatever we got to do to, to make this one on Netflix. No, I mean, who, no one <laughs> could worked. have uh, thunk that, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's so awesome. You know what? For all we know, I would have been uh, maybe had I gone to that gifting suite and gotten that trip to Barbados, mm-hmm. I might have been like, basically like quarantined there. I'd be like stuck <laughs> on an true. island. Like we never know. Like right. I should be saying thank you, Alok. Thank you for <laughs> keeping me fr- like from being stuck in, in the safe. South Pacific. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I like. I mean, if anything, I this is for me to be able to go back to my agent and say, say, see, see, I told you this was going to be worth it. Like I know we didn't get like make any money from it yet. Because <laughs> we could, we still could, right? Right. I mean, I mean you know, in a couple sure. years, I think the money's gonna come. <laughs> yeah. It's independent cinema, like it's like a thing where like you're always like, hey, psst, give me six, give me four dollars. Why? Because <laughs> I'm gonna give you six dollars in five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, all you have to do is stick to the the four tenants that the the cult stuck to, and you can be self sustaining. And you know, they seem to be doing <laughs> very right. well for themselves. They seem quite happy, you know. <laughs> right. Um, no, and that that kind of is kind of a big sort of like what made this idea kind of come about. What made you think about this cult that completely resides in an apartment complex, and that's how they taken new members is not by like recruiting or anything but by kidnapping them from their apartments and nailing their hands to the wall like that's just a very unique concept and I love cult stuff so I was definitely hooked by that <laughs> um well, you know David yeah David Marmer always says the reason it, uh, how we came up with this idea was based off of like I mean listen in Southern California cults are sort of like you know everywhere yeah, right, a, a rich, rich history of cults, as they say. Yeah, and David had moved down to LA um, to sort of like you know go to film school and whatever, and it was felt very alone and was living in exactly the same kind of place, like one of those stucco, like uniform-looking apartments. And he had snuck in a cat, by the way, as well. <laughs> so he was extra stressed about that. <laughs> and so you know he researched cults like Synanon, which started out as a drug rehab, and you know back in the '60s it was very you know forbidden to be addicted to drugs and they right. try to take that stigma away. They also try to say, hey, listen, move in with us. 
we'll take keep an eye on you. And then it kind of evolved, like, you know, most cults do when they kind of turn bad, where they, you know, right. started, like, you know, slapping people. Someone may have died. Like, it was a whole thing. And they actually then shaved their heads and moved up to Northern California. And a fun fact is that uh, one George Lucas was shooting his movie THX 1138 up there needed bald extras and most of the extras in his movie are synanon members oh wow. my god they were bald and I you know, so know i didn't either unpacked, that's amazing you know? but like i said most of these cults go wrong it's always this cult of personality and i guess there were some murders that happened and you know it, this, this stuff was actually the, the government was sending them giving them money and sending them people and whatever else but like i said like oh it, it, the, the interesting thing about what he did is is that he made it very believable because we didn't at any time try to like you know, like most horror movies do, like trying to sexually abuse Sarah or, you know, or right. they, they want to help the people, right? So yeah. he makes it very believable that you would maybe see how this could be a, a way of life, you know? Like right. I always think, make the, the, the comparison to American History X when like, you know, Edward Norton is giving a speech, uh, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, he's right. Like, what? No, he's not right. Like, you know, but like, you know, there's a part when before he goes and before they go and they ramsack that like grocery store where you're like this is kind of very intelligent and very well spoken and i can see how people might buy into it right and that's the same kind of thing that david did very smartly and you know um and so it kind of works on that level if if if, if you're thinking about how could someone want to do this you know what i mean right he kind of really built that in and, and again like the whole thing is is you know has different glimmers of different cults or whatever you know i'm not right. gonna say Scientology because i don't want those people <laughs> to come after us and and, and Naomi, you know, bikes past there every day, and I don't want her to disappear. In right? Some way. Yeah. I, no. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. Lives like really close. <laughs> oh my god! I used to drive past there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and the the performances in the movie really help sell that feeling that they they never feel like they're doing anything nefarious they believe right. in it and they feel like they're helping and that this is just the way that that gets done and everybody seems to really have bought into it you know naomi at the end when you come out with the knife and you're so distraught and asking her how could she do this and why would she do that like the look in your eyes of just disbelief that anybody would not want to be a part of this community right that yeah shook me a little bit that people yeah get that deep into it and and that just right. over there overboard about it and that was one of those other turns that i loved that it's like the leader is gone and you don't have like i didn't think everyone was gonna be like oh yeah let's go but i thought at least some of them would be like oh thank god you know more than just than just sarah and then lester at the very end when he like goes to help her um well and then shoots himself or what but like the fact that no one was like Oh, what a relief. We can leave now. It like just really shows how much they were all conditioned and bought bought yeah. into it. And they that, that was so in. cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, you know, is why some of these cults live on way past the passing of their people, yeah. like their um founders or whatever. Is that it's that same thing. That was really neat. I think they gave me one of the best lines uh, when I do come out, like you said, and say, how could you do this? Yes. It's like, how could you do this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's been done to her, you know, and right. yet we don't see it that way. Like my right. husband's dead. You can't, how could you do this? But like the real twist is like, 
no. It's like, how did we do this? Like she's been the victim the whole time, but we don't see it that way. Right. We think we're helping her. Right. And you're doing her like this big favor, basically, of like saving Saving her her. and taking her in. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really cool way to show that and everything. So I I couldn't decide if the Sarah character, if she ever, if she started to kind of buy in and get brainwashed a little bit, or if she was faking the whole time and waiting for her moment. I couldn't, I couldn't decide for myself if I thought that she had, I had the same, I had the same thought. Cause I was like, how did she, if she was holding onto it, how did she pass his damn like lie detector test? I want to know that. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Well, I would tell you this. It's sort of up to the viewer. Right. I think uh, really at the end of the day to sort of ascertain, uh, ascertain whether they think that is the case. I think that the other part of it is that, I mean, you can get to a point that you can literally believe something, even though right. you're not be a hundred percent in that moment. She's like, yeah, I, I guess I do. You know I mean? And, and passes the test, but then, you know, thinks about other things and doesn't want to stick an ice pick and, you know, someone's right. like, like, you know, ear. And, yeah, uh, maybe that gave I mean, her pause. That'll snap you out of something pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, Lisa was saying a lot of true stuff to her too that maybe made her think too. Like, yeah. You know, you got a brand new daddy. I'm like, fuck you with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Plus, like, I mean, you know, after she said yes, her her dad does come to try to, you know, visit her, rescue her, whatever, from this life. And then she has to, like, then turn and save his life. And a great a great scene by the amazing character actor, Alan Blumenfeld. I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie, frankly. That um, scene, like... Yeah, it's it's such a, it's such a ah scene because people in the audience when we'd watch it at festivals are like, damn, she cold, she cold. The next time I want to see you is at your funeral. Like, goddamn, you know, like that's you know. But Alan Blumenfeld, by the way, like friend of David Marmer, a theater friend from the Botanic Botanica theater like they have up in the mountains over here like kind of near malibu valley area and stuff it's a beautiful beautiful spot to go see something a lot of shakespeare there during the summer and stuff like that but alan blumenfeld an actor's actor um was friends with david and david just like said listen i got this part for you would love you to do it and he was just like yeah fuck i'll do it you know and he, that guy's been in everything. Like, he's, like, in <laughs> war games. And also, Susan Davis, our Miss Stanhope, also in war games, by oh, the way. Oh, nice. Been, of sorts for that. <laughs> yeah. The mom, actually. Oh. She's been in a ton of stuff. Um, but, like, uh, but Alan Blumenfeld, like, in Heroes, and, like, I mean, you just look at any, he, he pops up all He's in that, um, that uh, Steve Carell show on Netflix called uh, Space Force. Oh, like he's, he's oh. everywhere. You just notice him all the time and stuff, but he's yeah. an amazing actor. <laughs> we got very lucky with our cast in general, besides like the amazing Naomi Grossman. We had so many great actors, Taylor Nichols from the Whit Stillman movies, uh, Barcelona, Metropolitan, and, and he's in everything. He's in, uh, what's it called? Uh, the uh, new Perry Mason uh, right now oh, as well yeah. on HBO. Oh. Yeah. And um, Giles Matty is in like, you know, he was in 24 and he was in Ford versus Ferrari. And like, you know, he's, he's, he's everywhere too. And um, who else am I forgetting here? We talked about Clayton already. Uh, and I think, I think we've been a great cast. We had a great cast. Yeah. We, yeah. Here's, here's a funny story. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't know. Um, uh, we, uh, we had so many disasters on this movie and especially in terms of casting. Did you guys, did you guys uh, read anything about that at all? No. no. 
I'm excited. So I love a, insider information. I'll give you one story, but there's a movie maker article that um, Movie Maker Magazine, which is a terrific, obviously, historic magazine, uh, very prolific, very tastemaker-ish, let's call right. it. Um, they, let, they let me write an article about everything that went wrong with this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> definitely check out, because there's a lot of shit that went down, including the fact that uh, in a pre-production, we had a horrible pre-production, and what happened was that we had cast somebody else that wasn't Nicole Bride and Bloom for Sarah. Oh. This, this bigger, much bigger TV actress, right? Uh, well, I can't say why because of like libel and shit like right. this. And, like, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of water under the bridge, even though we could have sued her. Anyway, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. We're, we, we're, we're all about love. Um, right. <laughs> anyway, but this, this young lady made us hire her friend who's working on some sort of CW vampire bullshit show that I would never fucking watch. Um, <laughs> and but we, but we hired him because he had like, you know, an Instagram following of like a million and oh. she had four million. And this right. is a bullshit thing you have to pay attention to as a producer nowadays. It just is terrible. It's terrible we live in this day and age. Right. But what happened was that we had hired her and him and is that this woman, this young woman requires it and we're like holy shit like we talked to the company that makes this drink and they're going to send it to us but it's not getting here till the third day so we cannot not we can't be without it so it was a marina del rey <laughs> buying this feminine energy drink begging his manager to go look in the back for more feminine energy drink because it wasn't enough it was only a case i was like do you have any more of this and the guy's like i don't think i do and i'm like just go check and he, he went and checked you get a call from her agent that she's out doesn't give an excuse, doesn't give a reason, doesn't give anything like that. And we're like, and by the way, this is our own money we put it in the movie, by the way. Oh my God. Just so you know, like I mortgaged my house allegedly for this movie. And I have a paid off house, by the way, to get like, to figure this out. And so I'm immediately feeling like I'm gonna throw up because this is literally Monday and we're shooting on a Thursday. Oh then my we get God. a call that her, her shitty friend, whoever we hired from this bullshit, like fucking vampire show on the CW that no one should ever watch, I can't say what. <laughs> but um, he's also dropped out. And we're like, holy shit. And so immediately we go next door to the strip malls, everything is in Los Angeles, the skeleton. And uh, we go to this bar and we just get a drink, steady ourselves and we're like, okay, let's figure this out. Okay, we gotta be logical. We get another call that our Miss Stanhope character, her, Older, older lady, lady actress. Mm -hmm. Her husband has collapsed, <gasps> rushed to the hospital, is dead. Oh my god! She's out too now. So we lost three people in the span of like you know like an hour and something. Oh, oh my god! It's like what the fuck do we do now? Mm -hmm. What we did is we backed everything up a week to the next Monday, and then we just started, started trying to recast. Now, luckily, like Nicole was always actually our 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 um, first choice. And actually, absolutely David's first choice. We had to like basically, you know, beg him and corner him in a room and be like, listen, this other actress makes us in the black. Like, <laughs> grubbing producer fingers like need this to happen. <laughs> we need to make this, you know, you need to come to God with, come to Jesus with this, you know? Right. He, he was like, all right, well, can I fly out to like, wherever the hell she's shooting her show in Canada? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. You can fly out twice and, you know, fucking figure that out. Right. And so, you know, he was doing that and did that. And then at the end of the day, um, he, his first choice was Nicole. And we were like, let's go to Nicole. And she said, yes. And she got like three hours to rehearse with him. She literally, she's from New York. So in a way she was sort of like the Sarah character coming into a strange, you know, stranger in a stranger land. Right. right. So that was part of, the, I think, 
something she may use. Who knows? But she flew out here like a like a like a champ. Um, and I'm gonna say Naomi Grossman never wavered. She was always a champ. Like she never she she was just like you know what I don't nice. need a fucking feminine energy drink. I'll just show up to work. And she did that because she's a friend. Anyway, yeah. Long and short though is that we're sitting. We're sitting here on a Friday, and Friday it's like uh, you know it's kind of you know, D Day. We don't know what the fuck is happening. We still don't have two people. We still don't right. have the older lady character, and we the Sand Open. We don't have like the Brian character, and so we're like, please, friends, send us all the reels you can of you know actors you work with that are lovely people. And, da, da, da. and I get a, I get a a reel for um, Susan since Davis, and I watched the reel. Looks great. There's a number at the end of it, like, and I'm thinking it's her manager or agent, and I call it, and mm-hmm. it's not. It's not them. It's her. Oh, wow. Like, I said, listen, this is highly inappropriate, but I'm going to pitch you the movie. I'm going to pitch you us. And she's like, at the end of it, she's like, you know what? I've never been in a cult movie before. I'll, uh, I, I think I'd like this. And I'm like, okay, great. And it's like 930 in the morning. We sign her by 1130. Contract's done. Oh, then wow. We move on. We're, we're sitting in Barney's Beanery. It's like 630 at night. We still don't have a Brian character. And we were like calling all our friends, like from like, when I was used to test movies, like the, um, gosh, Jason Blum's of the world and his head of post productions and Bestie. And like, I'm like, you need to call CAA and ICM and all WME and make them stay open later. Make them okay. stay open, open later for our little film. And like, you know, she's, they're calling and trying to see what they can do and throwing their weight around. And like, you know, finally get a call like at around 637, I'm going to say. And it's 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 uh, Gersh who was very invaluable in this whole production. Uh, Rhonda Price and her team were great. Um, they're, they're they represent Sarah and Brian uh, oh. in the movie. Um, but it was Giles Maddie, his agent, uh, and they were like, "He's in." And what we found out was why it took so long is that he was driving down from San Francisco to L.A. and he pulled over the side of the road and and read the script on his phone mm-hmm. and just read his part and said yes. And we were like, "Oh!" let's see if they all show up on monday right Right. (laughs) and we were like freaking out but like it was just a thing where we were like "Ah, (laughs) so yeah so that's what happened but naomi grossman was in from the beginning i just want to point that out um yeah so that was like one of the three stories that are madness that happened i don't know if you want to hear the rest of them but you can at least read the article of anything and, and and um and it was, I know you guys had your questions, though, so I don't want to, like, take over anything. I just want you to, you guys to ask what you need to ask. I feel bad to kind of, like, interject certain things. But <laughs> no, not, no, it's fast. I love it. I love it. Well, I did have, I have a couple questions, but then I do want to make sure that I get the Twitter questions in that, that followers gave. Well, actually, I think they're all from our podcast, fellow podcasters, but... <laughs> I know I've seen people asking you on Twitter and the way the ending of the movie is, it leaves it very open, right? Mm-hmm. So have you guys thought about the idea of a sequel and like, have you already kind of like talked about it or anything? Is there um, anything with that? We 100% have, of course. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we were having a discussion just this week with producers, and, and David Marmer also is a producer on this movie, by the way. So, oh, okay, he's part of that crowd. Um, and like, I mean, he did everything on this movie. He edited, he wrote and directed it. So, oh, I mean, that wow! Also, like, put his money where his mouth is, and you know, he probably doesn't want to say it, but he, you know, put his own money in the movie too because he yeah. believed in it. And like, you know, so we were—it was all very much a team effort. And we're making another movie with him, by the way. Oh, you can say, you can say nothing about. Oh, okay. We're trying to J.J. Abrams the shit out of that. Um, 
don't want to tell you what's in the box. We want to show you what's in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> We're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you. But so yeah, so he and I, we talked this week actually, and it's very interesting. Oh, where, where it's going to go. Oh, okay. And, and we know we have people that are interested in it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say studios. Oh, snap. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> big thing. Just like, just like everything in this industry, it's all bullshit till you start shooting the first day. Yeah. Right. And even then, sometimes they'll just like stop production and say, yeah. fuck it, we're not doing it. <laughs> So it's like right or they'll shoot the whole movie and be like this movie is dog shit we're never releasing this Although <laughs> nowadays that never happens nowadays like they'll just be like all right here you go pluto or right. <laughs> <laughs> the shittiest streaming site you can be on like <laughs> uh, we're gonna break you up for quibi no, no. Oh, right. i don't think quibi's gonna be around for a long time <laughs> it sure doesn't seem like no it, it doesn't i don't want to shit on quibi Quibi's probably trying their hardest but like who asked for quibi i'm just asking <laughs> I, I didn't. no one no. did like that's no. the reason it's like and in addition to that like here's what all is amazing me for all the streamers it's like i'm watching a streamer you can't figure out to hire some really good TV people that know their shit and just like bring them on to like fucking launch your site with at least like two or three good things. Because right. like all of them have been disappointing. All of them are like, I mean, Netflix just had the, 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 the huspa to like say, we're just sticking it out. We're gonna lose money every year, but we're gonna build a brand. So at some point there's just too much for you to watch where you can never sort of get bored. Like there's always right. something coming on. They kind of got to the place right now where it's like the movie Airplane in terms of jokes. There's like a hundred <laughs> different things coming at you and like eight, eight, eight of them are shitty. There's two really good ones in there in the last like five right. minutes. And you're like, all right, I'll watch that. And it's right. like, I mean, uh, I can't go into it, but like, I've been watching on Netflix in the last like two weeks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. We love our Netflix right? partners. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Right. So you you talked about some of the difficulties uh shooting. Was there a scene in particular that you guys liked shooting the most or had the most fun doing? Naomi, I'll let you answer that question. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say specifically Look, I mean, Naomi. <laughs> I I mean listen, I mean I think that's a question for Sarah as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> or um rather Nicole Bright Bloom, because she's like in every single frame of this film. Right. Um I mean, obviously, I'm a sucker for, like, some emotion. And so, like, you know, obviously, when I get to actually, like, emote, that's going to be my moment. Um, so, right. yeah. Um, but, so I'm sure everyone would have a different answer to that, I would imagine. You know. Right. That's um, always very subjective. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, I will say, um, like, even though, yes, I have a small part and, and we all do at the end of the day, other than Nicole, um, right. at the same time, like it wouldn't be a movie. It wouldn't be a cult movie without the cult. You know what I mean? Right. So I do feel like, even though, yeah, I, you know, I'm barely in it at the same time, it's, it is a group effort, like in every way, like this movie, you know, sh she's, you know, it's her movie, but at the same time, if she didn't, if she didn't have this like 
right force uh you know um uh, the, these bad guys surrounding her she wouldn't have there would be no movie so um anyway right. what i was well, trying to say is i take total uh, I, I take all the kudos for this film being such a success even though i'm barely in it because you know <laughs> because it's a cult movie and i'm the cult leader's wife so so there, and we'll I mean, hopefully one day be a part cult classic cult movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. Two br, the cult leader's wife, or oh, two br, yeah. the Chronicles of Janice. I mean, it could go oh. either way. Like uh, you got yeah. me sold on this. I'm I'm there. One br, <laughs> yeah. One br, two bath. Because who doesn't need another bathroom? Because literally, like, I mean, it keeps a relationship fresh. Like, you don't have to do <laughs> yeah. whatever. I mean, there's a hundred different ways this could go. We can't let the cat out of the bag. Cat who's already been burned out of the bag. Well, <laughs> and they, there's, a, there's a vacuum of leadership in the, in the cult now. Right. Speaking of, right. Speaking of the cult. Right. Janice can cult, step the, up. The, the, speaking of the cult. Sorry, speaking of the cat. Sorry. <laughs> the cat's name was Giles in the movie. Um, you have Brian's who's Giles Maddie, right? And then also we have another Haley Giles who plays the nurse character that, you know, basically seduced um, uh, Sarah's father away, you know, being present with the mom. So three different Giles in the movie. And what we would do, (laughs) that fucking cat is so fucking good. Can I just tell you? And we call that cat like one take Giles. You just fucking get it done. Everybody's got one take. And we would call Giles Maddie, who played Brian, over to set when the cat was acting for a joke, just to show him and be like, see that? That's fucking one take Giles. What the fuck happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Three takes over here. (laughs) That's amazing. I just just talked to him, by the way, today, uh, Naomi, he loves you. Anyway. Oh. uh, Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm going to be like I'm drunk right now. Has it gotten back? Am I back again? Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. It goes unstable. I know what it's doing to me. It's like it says unstable. I'm like, all right. Um, Naomi, how are we doing for time? Are we good for a little bit more or what's going on with you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. I got to check with her. She's she's Okay. Yeah, no. I understand. Good. All right. Cause we just have a few questions. So David from, um, root, the rooster bat show. <laughs> um, he had a couple questions, one of which I had to write as a direct quote because it's great. And, and I'm actually going to start with that one. Cause I'm just excited to read this. Um, he says the ending, yo, what gives, how did you leave it open with six question marks to be exact? <laughs> so he was very, uh <laughs> well i mean if you look at these like you know classic hollywood movies especially from like the 60s 70s even 50s let's say there there's always something that ends with like a thing where it goes the end or right is it, yeah. is it? Exactly. Mark. Says that, like <laughs> at the end of the movie yeah, yeah. I mean, it says that so it's like you know it is open-ended i'll tell you this we had a couple we had multiple endings for the movie we did like oh, we wow. shot initially, and then we shot two more for the reshoot, actually. And I'll tell you this, uh, our director, writer, David Marmer, did not like the ending that happened that the producers like more than this oh, other right. ending, which we can't talk about. We won't talk about it. We'll let it come out in DVD someday or Blu-ray, what have you. Yeah. Um, but it was because- It might be I the think- end of- uh- the next one. Well, sorry, I was going <laughs> to well, say, we might see it actually in the end of 1BR2 Bathroom. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the are. name, by the way. Well, I mean, it, he said this. He said this about it, though. He was like, the writer part of me wanted the ending he wanted, but the director part of me knew that that was the better ending. Yeah. Us, we actually did test it, actually, because, I mean, that was our background. And so we did, like, 20 um, people focus shoots. We did five of those. And it helped us discover a lot of things. It helped us discover, for example, like no one wanted, I wanted to see more of the cat, like come out of the oven, like, you know, come out of the oven and like it's eye explode and whatever. And I, I really wanted that to the point that I was like, I'll put, you know, fuck the budget. I'm going to put five grand of my own money to see the fucking cat in. But then we found out and it was, the, I, I'm glad I lost the argument to be honest, because like 75% of the audience didn't want to see it. 25 did, 25% did. But the 25% that did want to see it were hardcore horror fans. And really, right. our movie's not a hardcore horror movie. It's, yeah. it's more of a straddle the line psychological thriller with elements of horror right. uh, rather than being, you know, that. So, um, yeah, so that's that's sort of what it was at the end of the day. Um, that's one, one thing we learned. Um, we also learned that our ending was a better ending. Like everyone right. was just like, holy shit, no, that's a better ending, you know? Um, so yeah, so that's, that's sort of, I guess the answer hopefully is six question marks. Answers right. questions, sort of. <laughs> um, you know, what's his name? Hot dog, hot, what's it? Hot, hot dog. David from Rooster Bat Show. Rooster Bat. <laughs> I mean, listen, all these different like podcasts that are just trying to like, you know, get onto your glory for having us on this and that. Like, I, mean, I think that's you. what it is. We, we officially have <laughs> coattails now that we've got some, <laughs> some decent guests in here. <laughs> I'll tell you this, like, you know, if they were smart, they'd have just written us and maybe we would do their show too. I mean, we're like, we don't say, I'm a hooker. We'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not doing no. anything. Naomi Grossman, Naomi Grossman is bored as fuck is in her amazing townhouse or whatever. So she, lives, she, she lives with the, the ghost of Peter Lawford. Like, the rat pack lived in her apartment and died in her... Did, did he die in your apartment? I forget. Not inside, but he, he was living here when he died. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, she lives yeah. with Hollywood Intense. ghosts in her apartment, in, or, or her townhouse. It's not, it's not an apartment. I'm sorry, I keep on saying that. But, like, it's... But, but we're, 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 we're hookers. <laughs> it's a two br. I mean, if if, it's, if if you have if you have a certain amount of at least like Twitter followers, I'm not doing it for you. You and your mom. <laughs> we have eight followers, and we just want to talk to you. Like, well, then just right. Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll probably you know, or whoever it is will probably answer you. I don't right. know, like you know, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. This one is specifically for Naomi. Um, mm -hmm. This is Jess from Studying Scarlet podcast. It's a true crime podcast, but she's a big American mm -hmm. Horror Story fan. And okay. So she wants to know, and I mean, just looking at you, you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful. So to turn into Pepper, she wants to know what that makeup process was like and how long it took. It took about two and a half to three hours. Oh, my God. Uh, and it uh, consisted of a prosthetic brow. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. Brow, nose, uh, ears. Uh, they shaved my head. Um, and, of course, well, the, the season two, uh, they actually kept that little top notch. Uh, season four, they shaved it all off and just gave me like a little piece that they glue on. <laughs> um, I had fake teeth, a wonky lens. I also had a fat suit. 
Uh, and in the case of the um, freak orgy in yes. uh, episode one, season four, uh, where we actually see us, you know, naked. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually like had to fill sign like nudity clauses and whatnot. Um, but uh, in that particular case, they actually gave me a prosthetic chest as well. Oh. So, um, yeah, I had like full man boobs um, <laughs> and kind of a diaper. I remember one time, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the producers seeing me on set and was like, <gasps> get Pepper a robe. Somebody get her a robe. Like he thought I was like just naked walking around. But I was like, no, no. I'm like. Like, literally wearing more clothes than I would wear to the beach. You know what right. I mean? Like, had a huge, like, a shield on my chest. But apparently it was too realistic looking. It, it made him <laughs> blush, so. Um, but, yeah, and that, that was a six-hour makeup job oh. for the full, you know, full body. Right. Oh, my God. But people always say, like, oh, I could never. I'm like, really? You couldn't go to your job and just, like, have to, you know, put on a robe, sit back, close your eyes, like, and just like take a nap for the first three hours of your job. Like <laughs> right. I can. Is it, hold on. Is that, is that what you had? I'm just, I've always been curious about, curious about this. Is that what you had to do? Yeah. Or was it, was there any point where you're just like, I feel so claustrophobic right now, your hands, it's like going to the dentist. Like there's only you can have in your mouth at a certain point or, you know, whatever it is. It's, I, I would feel like right. I'd have to maybe meditate or, do something, go to, go to another place or I don't know, whatever it is, you know, or could you watch, could you watch TV through any of it? Or like, could you do something like that or no? Sure. But I mean, like while they're actually applying it, I did have to kind of like close your eyes, close your mouth, like, you know, sort of go back to bed, which essentially I would, because oftentimes my call was like four in the morning because you know, you got to figure if it takes, me three hours to get done then at seven when i'm done that's a good that's like a normal hour to get going on production actually and right. so you know then you have rehearsal that, 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 that like cameras are rolling by 9 a.m like you know so did you ever like fuck something up so badly because you were dancing or moving around <laughs> or something i was like ah that <laughs> fucking stop for two hours or what did you ever do did that ever happen i was just i've never known this i've never asked knock that your nose off or something 100 percent something <laughs> no i never heard i never, never asked that I'm sorry totally no they i mean those makeup people are pro all pro and uh literally you know, they don't even have to call for last looks. Like, they were on me, like, at all times. Mostly because my makeup was so fragile and, and right. costly. And not just costly, but, you know, time-consuming. And time is money. So, right. you know, I, I'll never forget, like, that my very first day on set, uh, it was a really hot day in that asylum. And... Uh, you know, on a break, they had two makeup people with both with fans like on me at all times. And I'll never forget, you know, we're just sitting there in our chairs and there's Jessica Lang like sitting next to me, no fans, (laughs) you know, and she's old school. It is. Well, you know, listen, she's. She didn't have the prosthetics, but I mean, in my mind, I was like, holy shit, like this legend, like King Kong is next to me, like gets no fans and I've got like two and, and I mean, you know, it makes sense. Like 
she didn't have that makeup on, but you know, it's still funny to me. So special. Jessica Lang is a nice lady, I'm sure. And I, I bet you she's looking at you with the fans, and she's like, "Why don't I have mine?" <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bring me three fans. Yes. If she has two, I want three. <laughs> Nobody didn't say that. I said that, and I said it allegedly. I was gonna say I would <laughs> never comment on that. I would never comment on that. Although, nor should you. I nor love- should you. But I'm saying I it. Love- <laughs> I love the quote that she's the salty to my pepper for sure. Oh. Well, that's like, that's I, will, I will say this. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not speaking out of turn at all, but um, I went to, I went to college with uh, Jessica. I'm sorry. with No, with um, Seth Meyers. Oh, and, nice. Um, so when Seth Meyers, uh, when Jessica Lang was on the tonight show, well, you know, with Seth Meyers, um, it was uh, the very her very first line was like, "Oh, Jessica Lang, hello, welcome, thanks for being here." You know, it just so happens that one of your co-stars is a you know an old friend of mine, uh, and you know she stopped. But Pepper, you yeah, the pinhead, you remember, <laughs> actually beautiful girl or something like that. And it's true. There was this moment where like Jessica just sort of, I mean, if you've seen Freak Show, uh, you remember Elsa. The character Elsa Mars is, um, you know, just has her eyes all Hollywood. You know what I mean? And no one can take her her uh, glory, right? It's all about Elsa Mars. And so in this moment, it was almost this like meta moment where like Jessica kind of had this face like, huh? Why? Like, why are we talking about a pinhead? Like, I'm sorry, I'm here on this show. Like, I'm on Seth Meyers, and we're talking about pepper like <laughs> anyway it was this like hilarious awesome like again no. very like meta like who are we watching is it is it jessica is it elsa and like right. why is seth meyers talking about me and it was it was pretty amazing no, I think, and of I think course you- i saw no shade i saw no shade but i will say i know that i have been throwing around seth's name my whole life you know what i mean like oh i went to college with seth myers went to college with seth myers so for seth myers to be throwing around my name yeah. on his show right Jessica Lang, i went to college with naomi grossman that that was pretty fun that was pretty right fun. like no matter it didn't matter how she reacted between Although, that and the I fan know, moment i mean that's pretty major <laughs> Listen, she how how old is she now? I mean, she's a legend. Like, right? I wouldn't remember some pinhead. I, I think just she's thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> she's a she's a wonderful actress. I'm telling you. Yeah. In King Kong, I don't know why I was feeling the like weird feelings I was feeling like when I was like I don't know <laughs> nine or seven or something, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here, mom. <laughs> Had a bit of an awakening. To- <laughs> she was a goddess. You know, and yeah. she's, a national, she's a national treasure. Let's be honest here. She's a national treasure. Yeah. Doing it at that age, let's say, right? I mean, she can remember her line. She's like probably, you know, like Lynn Fontaine kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Anyway, listen, listen, you should ask the other question because I think we're running out of time a little bit because I know I have to go at six. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just do one more, sure. which is... Also about American Horror Story. Um, this is from Brooke and Holly from Curly Conspiracies podcast. Uh, they do conspiracy theories, and it's pretty funny. What was the most interesting scene, and what was the most difficult scene to film in American Horror Story Freak Show? 
Ooh, the most interesting and the most difficult. Yeah. I would say, uh, I mean, there are so many come to mind. Right. Um, I mean, in, uh, it wasn't just one scene, but, you know, we shot the name game and the uh, scene of where I'm like, monologuing to Dr. Arden, like yeah. speaking like a, a fluent, you know, um, <laughs> you know, a conversationalist, which we hadn't seen me do yet. Uh, yeah. We shot those like literally with like 12 hours in between the turnaround. Oh, wow. um, and so that was just, a, a, it was, that was a lot, you know, we'd never sung and danced before, you know, <laughs> with like, giant cranes and you know one eye and which, like really impairs your vision um and so you know to go from like this giant day room of extras and like i said flying you know very expensive equipment and like dancing a listers to then you know like i said like 12 hour turnaround all of a sudden you're like Oh, by the way, you speak English now, like fluently. Uh, so, like, oh, okay. You know, it was one of those things where I mean, they gave me probably a month to really prepare the early pepper, uh, but the 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 you know coherent pepper, I I had like a week, and that was great. But even then, I had questions. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, and so I was sitting there. Most of my answers came from the makeup people because, you know, they were my liaison. Uh, so, you know, as they're like applying this makeup, I'm like, okay, let's get this straight. So I'm like, when you say normal, like, what does that mean? Because I've been playing pepper is this is normal to her. You know what I mean? Right. But like, so what does that even mean? So I sort of prepared in my head, like several different versions, like, is it like Dr. Pepper? Like she's a, you know, like a, a scientist or a, you know, or is she a this, she a that? And so um, I let them sort of like pick a pepper, if you will. Uh, and I went with that. But it was one of those things where, uh, you know, they were like texting Ryan Murphy from the makeup trailer, like Dr. Pepper or, you know, this or that or this or that. And that's how I was like getting my direction. You know, because oh, wow. when you're on a set, it's, you know, it's not like live theater where you have for like months that you're living with right. this director. Like in this case, it's like you are introduced to the director. Okay. Um, we have a quick rehearsal and then we're going to shoot like in, you know, 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> there was really very little time to like make these. So that was both interesting and uh, what was the other difficult uh, just because it was the, the range to go from right. A to B uh, other maybe notable scenes would be um, uh, I remember the scene where we uh, uh, where I was in the cell and I was crying and I remember like I've been crying all week long, you know. Right. And listen, Nicole Bright and Bloom, Alok says, like can cry eight different ways. And <laughs> I don't know if I have that much variety in my actual tears, but you know, the things that make you cry on day one are different than the things on day eight, you know. Right. And so, like by day eight, I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> like eye ducks. 
Like, what do you got? Like, come on, we can, we, we can do this, you know? And I honestly think by that point I was just crying out of like just sheer exhaustion. Right. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it was a, that, that particular episode was really awesome because, you know, let's face it, like up until then I'd been like, delivering the fat lady food and, you know, uh, playing with string in the corner. And so for, for me to like, all of a sudden, like, no, you like all eyes on you. Like, you know, I mean, Jessica had been, I mean, well, she's been doing it her whole life, but you know, she'd been like breaking down on tears, crying on the floor, like every other you know, see. Right. Um, so this was like, this was my first time having to do that kind of stuff, which was really awesome and, and exciting, you know, cause I'd been, I'd been waiting my whole life for that too. And it finally came. So that's Yay. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I know you guys have to go. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say the exact same thing. So. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for, um, coming on and talking with us in our little old podcast. Yeah. <laughs> If, if for some reason, well, here's the thing. I know that your podcast isn't typically this because I know mm-hmm. that it's usually like the worst movie ever. But if for some reason, by the end of the year, you have we have made your like top ten podcast, top five podcast, or whatever it is, yeah. like we might be want to come say hi for a second to say ah, you know, thank you or whatever, you know. I mean, uh, if we're if we're if you're in our top ten or top five, let's say. <laughs> So. Yeah. yeah Allegedly. Absolutely. This was super fun. I got to run, but this is this is super fun. I had a great time. Uh, yeah. 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 We had a blast too. Thank you for All coming right. on. Cool, we'll cool, have to cool. do it again one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you're yeah. a top 10 podcast. Yeah, yeah, when you start breaking yeah, all the exactly. records. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guess, guess what? I'm going to tell you this right now. You're going to break all the records. Awesome. Because every time her and I are on as a duo, everyone's like, ah, we got so many views that I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, me gross, man. <laughs> there we go. That's what it is. All right. Awesome. Gotta run. Cheers. Thank right. you Thank so you much. So much. Bye. Bye. Our warmest and greatest thanks again to Alok and Naomi for coming on the show and talking about their amazing movie. Um, if you still haven't watched it, uh the fuck is wrong with you? Go watch it. You just listened to a whole show where we spoiled it. <laughs> uh, in the description of this, we'll put some links to the Movie Maker article that Alok talked about that detailed a little more of the struggles that they had, um, and maybe the link to Jessica Lang on Seth Meyers. <laughs> so uh, join us next week. We'll be talking about Galaxy of Terror, as we said. Uh, HBO Max and YouTube are the places to go to find that one. Uh, next week, we'll also have some news about some more bonus episodes like this uh, that will be coming out very soon. Uh, Sadie and I did some guest spots on a couple other podcasts uh, like Disc Dump and Getting Wicked Deep, uh, For Nerds by Nerds. We've got a spot coming up on soon, so be on the lookout for those. Um, Yeah, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net.